Woo! Welcome, welcome everybody. Sorry, we're slightly delayed today. You know, technical difficulties. Basically, um, a regular in our house. All right, so announcement time. First up, we have the Board of Directors, also known as the BOD. The BOD is all about positive vibes and stylish jumpsuits. Check them out on Instagram at the B.O.D. And be sure to show them some love. Next up, we have Challenge alumni and legend Katie Cooley. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with her lately, but she has a new home decor blog that I think is phenomenal. I absolutely love the styling she puts in there. She's active on Instagram right now at DecorKateKY, and her website will be launching very soon, so stay tuned for that. Lastly, I'd like to get, let you guys know about another show I produce called The David Suiza Podcast. Yes, it's my dad's show, and it's honestly phenomenal. Yesterday's episode that we posted was remarkable, and I think it will benefit any any human being, honestly, um, not just those that need help with happiness, but it was all about how to achieve happiness, how to maintain it, how to work towards that. So if you guys are struggling with that or you want a few tidbits, definitely check that out. And... Saniac Podcast. Our website is live. Our Instagram is live. Our Twitter is live. Our Facebook is live. And we are also active on all the platforms. I've had messages this week about um, all of our podcast platforms, where we are, that people can listen to. So we are everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the whole shebang. And signing us in, this is Shawnee Suisa, joined by my not-as-pale co-host, Zach Calhoun. A lot of compliments for this tan lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems to be a big hit. Anyways, welcome to the show, everybody. All right, Zach, how's it going? Shawnee, it's been another eventful week. It really has. MTV, I mean, we started this at the right time because they're just giving us content 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 always so much fun stuff to talk about and you know i just i can't get enough but i don't know about you (laughs) yeah i uh i agree with that as well i think what's particularly enjoyable is the fact that mtv is trying so hard to produce tons of content but they're not really giving us the greatest stuff like the episodes haven't been that amazing but the cast in general i mean they're the ones that are constantly serving us tea throughout the week so i think it's great i think mtv they can try all they want but they're just not gonna be able to compete with the juice that we're getting online from the cast members the cast are like going out of their way to provide content in in all mediums marie is writing articles shane and nicole ramos are doing lives every week Mm -hmm. challenge mania is pulling really big guests right now uh it's and obviously just all the shit that's flying on twitter at all times it's a really cool thing to to be a part of right now yeah i love just the whole atmosphere right now everything that's happening and you know obviously we don't always agree with all the beef that goes down but it is juicy anyway so i like watching it (laughs) that's what we're here for is the juice and uh, I'd like to think that the unique niche that our podcast fills, that the Saniac pod- podcast fills, is that we break it all down. We're coming from a different perspective. We're not inside on the drama. We're on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. So we're diving into it. We're pretty much breaking it down and calling it like it's a sporting event and uh, and and almost like a true debate. And we're looking at both sides and we're trying to put it out there to the people and see what they think. So you say niche? 
niche. Sorry. <laughs> I, know, no, I know you're. I've yeah. had so many people say that to me recently, and I just don't know what the correct pronunciation is. I always say niche. I think it it is niche. Is it East Coast? Well, my dad says niche, though. He like, oh. or it's I don't know. I've heard it that way. You know, you went to like finishing school or something, though, so you've got a leg <laughs> up on all of us. Yeah, but I didn't actually attend classes. I feel like that's a requirement <laughs> for getting the education. Uh, all right. For our precap today, we're going to start you guys off. We have a few Challenge Mania episodes that we want to just, you know, debrief and and get those out there. There was some huge ones this week. There was Wes and also Landon. So, I mean, Scott and Derek, you know, they're killing it with the guests that they're bringing on right now. I'm pretty impressed. They are on a real roll. And I think Scott is really starting to get a lot of respect for how much work he puts into it. And he's starting like he's starting to get respect back from the challengers. I listened. I have not listened to the Landon episode yet because that just dropped today. But I did listen to the West uh, part one of the West episode. That's going to be a part two, uh, a two part series. I listened to part one, and I thought West w- really nailed it with how much he respects Scott and Scott's perspective, and how and that's one of the reasons why he listens to the show so much. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good setup. And oh man, there was a lot of good shit flying in that episode. Yeah. I think the picture was really enticing just because it was Wes and Derek's elimination image. So I was instantly that pulls you in. So where I stand on this, it, 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 for those who haven't listened to it yet, it was a big summary. Wes, uh, <laughs> the way he put it, it was like a Shakespearean narrative <laughs> of his longstanding feud with Derek, which... I was really intrigued by it because I find myself agreeing with a lot of the points that Wes said. People love Derek. He's one of like the favorites. He's one of the most popular challengers. But the way Wes put it, if you were going to have a gripe about Derek, uh, I think Wes nailed it in saying that you know Derek is kind of a follower of the power groups. That's how he's had all mm. like the majority of his success on the show. He he won his seasons by being there with Johnny and with Kenny. And with Evan, and that's how, you know, that that's that's he doesn't really have the social game, and they do, and they kind of carried him, and he was, mm. you know, he was a key vote for them. And Wes took issue with that because he, in in his eyes, Derek within the house, you know, used that mob mentality to pick on Wes and to and to try and get ahead of him like that, and never reached out to him. Yeah, well, that could also, in a way, be Derek's social game is utilizing other people's social game yeah you're looking at it from from another another angle there well you know as uh that does not surprise me shawnee i've seen the way you play these games on the on the virtual side and i've seen the way that i play these games and we play much much differently than one another so i'm really not surprised to see you siding with derek and myself siding with wes here well, okay, first of all, I think that you play the game unlike Wes or Derek. I think you would be like more in um like may I don't even want to compare you to Landon, but in that kind of category, not <laughs> with like the morality stance, but just with yeah. the the stance of I'm not going to fuck with alliances and that whole game and that whole side. Like maybe more like a CT, like occasionally you'll pick up a lost soul here and there, whereas <laughs> I definitely play the game with a lot of friends. A lot and I of think numbers. that's that's just because I enjoy that, though. I'm actually a friendly person. People like me. They enjoy uh, my company. It's I harder see. for you to be able to play that game. And people who can't play that game like to use it as, oh, you know, 
We're better than I'm you. I'm still making enemies to this day. I, I've got feuds all <laughs> over the virtual challenge world. I was I was going at it with people last night. I've got Brittany. You know Brittany Similane. She is she is. Uh, she she's you? like leading the pack. She's anti me. <laughs> We should get her on the show. <laughs> we should. We should interview her. Uh, I would love to know. We should do a, a running interview series of people who are sick of my antics. Yeah, She's I awesome. actually think that's a great idea. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, people are sick of my antics as well. I have a family that created a Facebook group called the Shawnee Hater Fan Club. It's like a very long-standing joke. So yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm working on my application to that group. I've got a lot of things I would like to contribute to. <laughs> Johnny haters group. I'd like to revive it at some point. Like once I really build up a hater following. Yeah. So if you have not, <laughs> I, I love our diatribes here. Uh, <laughs> if you have not listened to the West episode yet, uh, it's a, if you're a fan of the challenge, um, if you're a fan of the real world, if you're a fan of road rules, if you're a fan of the series of Bunim and Murray productions, you have to listen to it. And I'm really excited for part two. And I'm definitely going to listen to Landon. Uh, the Landon podcast tomorrow when I have some time. What if you had one tidbit from, you know, one exceptional point through the Wes and Derek podcast, what would it be? Or what's the most shocking, I guess? Uh, the most shocking thing that I heard hands down was Wes saying that Johnny threw a bucket of piss on Sarah oh, uh, yeah. during the ruins, which doesn't surprise me. That's like something that Susie and Sarah have alluded to in the past that, you know, there was like some wild shit going down on the ruins. They have disputed, you know, we already talked about how they disputed what happened in the Tanya incident. Yeah. But, but they did say that there was like a frat house mentality on that season. And to hear that Johnny threw a bucket of piss on Sarah does not surprise me. And we also saw the kind of person that Sarah was on that season. Like she, she, she wanted to get along with the cool people. Mm. Uh, they they, they it did seem like they kind of picked on her and she took it. And I think that shaped her character for seasons to come. Was that the one where Kenny was just bullying her and she had yeah, like a crush Kenny on him? Yeah, where Kenny called Martha dump truck. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um. I yeah. Well, that's really fucking gross. And I seriously hope that that never happens to me. <laughs> I just... That's everyone's favorite. That's Johnny. That's everyone's favorite. They love him. He's the goat. I don't know if he's everyone's favorite. Although I do find it interesting that he actually genuinely does bring in high ratings for the show i thought that that was just you know because mtv like had a thing for him but he genuinely does raise the ratings which is nuts yeah he has a certain effect on it and uh, we'll see how he's got a new career venture going on right now or that's about to pop off so we'll, we'll see how it goes mm -hmm. all right so yes everybody check those out the landon episode there was something i didn't get a chance to listen to it fully but i did see a few summaries and something that i thought was really interesting that made a lot of sense to me because landon innately is such a good person you know you can really see that in him um is his beef with ct so apparently he really dislikes ct and if you think about who ct was back then when landon knew him i mean that's that's pretty much a given apparently ct there was points when he was um stealing you know the girls uh prescriptions or people you know other challengers prescription medication and selling it to locals um kind of a vibe so that's you know that's who ct was when landon knew him i wonder if they could rekindle their friendship or at least make up enough to compete together on let's say a champs versus stars I would really like to see them on a season together because I think that maybe Landon, I, I just get the sense that maybe he's the kind of person who might not be as forgiving in that grudge might say, listen, you know, I, I I've, I've seen you and you're not fooling me now. Maybe he would bring something out of CT. He'd bring a little bit of that old CTI and we'd have like two Titanic 
legends of the show, you know, butting heads. And I, I, I also that. saw that Landon said he's not a fan of Darrell either. So I, I really like I really like the possibilities of of drama that yeah. Landon could bring to this show because he's just as great. He's in that same stratosphere with those guys. Oh, for sure. He's a beast competitor. He's so good. He's just a specimen, you know, in in, in how he also just how he acts and how he competes and takes on the challenges. Such a cool head, you know, never stresses out, never under extreme pressure. Um, so I would, I would love to see him back. He mentioned as well that the Champs vs. Stars appearance fees are very low compared to what they used to be, which to me is surprising. Um, I knew that the appearance fees were substantial back in the day, but I didn't think that they had lowered. I thought, if anything, they had gone up. It doesn't surprise me. Um, because that that was just from everything that we've heard, that was such a, a dense market, like people like Landon and Ace. Mm. I, I've I've heard that that Ace, you know, was an example of someone who was like making a fortune on these on these appearance fees in the early two thousands. Was he? Uh, he was yeah, on for such he, short period. Yeah, he was in like a hot because when he was on Real World Paris, he was seen as like the the party guy. Mm. You know he. He was an example of his success didn't really translate on the challenge, but for real world, he was like a bona fide star. People wanted Ace, and that's why he kept getting cast. He was very likable, hmm. and Ace is actually a good example of he was he was you know pretty much a flop on the show, but as a character and a personality, he's so much more memorable and entertaining to me than some of the personalities that, that we see on the show now. So he's he's a really good example of the talent pool then versus the talent pool now. Yeah, that's true. His smile, it's, it always gets you. He's just very endearing in that mm -hmm, way. Mm -hmm. I could see that. I could see that. Although it'd be interesting. I know that, so the whole thing with Ammo, right, when he was complaining that he didn't have enough money and it was that he only got $3,000 to go into Dirty 30. So my thinking is just maybe that back in the day, the appearance fees were a little bit more even across the board and it wasn't necessarily about who had more pull because that wasn't, there wasn't a way of definitively factoring that kind of stuff in you know now you have instagram followers now you have twitter followers now you have how big is this human being's social media following and they can leverage that to potentially a higher paycheck and a higher appearance fee so i think now they just pay the lower ones peanuts and then the higher ones significantly more so it's more of a gap yeah we, we've heard that you know someone like johnny uh makes in excess of of sixty thousand dollars just to go on the show. That's that's something that I've heard. Something I've read. I'm, uh, Nani, I'm surprised if it's more yeah, now. Nani is is the same way. Obviously, you you can think of who's getting the money to come on these shows. Veronica, I'm sure she's got a nice deal negotiated, which is why she's been oh, appearing yeah. so much recently. CT. So yeah, people that have never been on the show before <laughs> who want that shine, they're they're coming in for peanuts. Yeah. Um, did you know that Are You the One starts tonight? Yes, it does start tonight. It's like right now. So we're sort of conflicting with another MTV. Yeah, I, I, I think it starts at 10. Um, so I, I've, I've got the, you know what, I, I'm going to make sure I got the DVR running on this and mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to scope it out. We, you know, we're MTV fans. We support the product no matter what. And uh, it's important to the challenge because Are You The One hasn't produced any for all, for how maligned Are You The One on the challenge got. Uh, we talked about this a few episodes ago, a few weeks ago. Are You The One hasn't actually produced any real challenge talent in a couple seasons now. 
Oh uh, yeah, as in the newer Are You the One cast? I mean, they're are, yeah. Are You the One Six? We got we've gotten nothing from. Mm-hmm. Are You the One Five? Is Derek's season? So he's like the only person who's done <laughs> recurring seasons, as far as I know. And and Alicia did uh, Alicia did a challenge. She I think she was on five. Was she on? She was on. I Derek's? might be wrong about that. Well, then that I was the same wrong. one that Cam was on. Then we have to. Oh yeah, that. Cam. Cam and Derek were on season five together, I believe. So Alicia was on that as well. Okay. Yeah. So. Hopefully we we get some. I haven't seen anyone standing out in the previews, but I am gonna watch it. Um, I okay. So apparently there's like tons going around about how unattractive and boring the cast looks and things like that. But I'm excited to see. I love Are You the One. Something I recently discovered is that it's uh, has a small but nice following in the UK, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm and also just FYI, people, Love Island is coming to CBS. Um, that's right. Shawnee's favorite fucking show <laughs> is coming to CBS. I'm so excited. So I'm pretty sure they're actually going to air the UK Love Island on CBS, which is just amazing. Um, next year, I'm ha- going to have a recap show for that as well, which is going to be great. But yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot of crossover. Now you have UK, you know, challengers mm-hmm. on and, you know, are you the one getting popular there? I think that there's going to be a lot more mixing going on, which I really like to see. I agree with with Greg. Uh, I think are you the one three is the season that stands out, especially in terms of the challenge and, and, and what it's produced. I believe Tori and Devin were both. Oh, no, Tori was are you the one four, but Devin was are you the one three, correct? Was Devin three? Because that I, was Devin's was one of my favorite seasons. Him and that like hippie chick, that yeah. whole thing. That was so funny. As you, as you guys can tell, I'm not as well versed in Are You the One as I am in, you know, Challenge, Road Rules, Real World. So I, I do apologize if I'm if I'm speaking like a noob, but you know, I'm trying, people. I'm trying to catch up on this. It's funny. I've oh. seen I've seen the seasons of Are You the One like a few times because I rewatch them with my friends to get them into it, but I, I still don't remember them all. There's just too many. We've got Oh man, we've got Michael in here. We've got the the ambassador coming in. Ooh, grandpa's in town. <laughs> yeah, don't don't make fun of us old guys. Come on now. Um, all right. So last thing in the precap, I don't know if you have more stuff on the precap, but something that I thought was hilarious this week, everyone should go check it out, was Tony's uh, challenge IG story takeover. He did all these impersonations. Um, I didn't think the impressions were that good, but I appreciate the effort and they were so thorough. He put all the costumes on, like his one for Natalie was these giant balloons for boobs. That was so funny. Um, and, and the bananas one, I mean, they were very spot on in personality. Obviously accents were a little bit off, but just in the, in the overall, you know, sense of who that person is, I think he, he did a great job with that. I loved his charisma. Like that was a side of Tony. I feel like I, I haven't seen. It's true. We don't see the Joker, Tony. Um, and I, I was, I was really entertained by it. Yeah, and that's getting a lot of buzz right now. People are posting that all over the Facebook pages. Uh, it, it, um, you know, it's gathering a lot of views on social media. He did a good job. Yeah, because it was. I mean, he just put so much effort into it. There was different outfit changes for everybody. I loved that. So I thought that that was great. I, I've mentioned this before. I mean, the, since since Final Reckoning has started. Uh, the the challenge Instagram has been killing it. Their Instagram content has been great, um, particularly their Instagram stories, because going back to the monumental old schooler deal that we had a couple weeks ago where all the, all these old schoolers were, were, were coming out of the woodwork. 
they've been doing a lot of that. They've been relying on people on the show. You know, since, since Shane did that, they've been relying on every week. Well, all right, here's Cara. What's Cara going to do? Cara's going to bring back, you know, some people from her generation. Now they had they, they had Tori on, on there today talking about, are you the one? And going through some old clips of that. You've got Tony. So they're really doing cool things to keep it engaged. And it's Remind me what I, Cara did? I didn't, I don't remember that. So, so Cara, uh, it was like a, a week or so after what Shane did and Cara did the same thing. She, it was when she was hyping up her appearance on fear factor and she brought a lot of people back on. She got, oh, Landon. Yeah, she, yeah. Got, she got Noor, um, Derek from, from Cancun. She, she brought back people that we hadn't seen in a while and they were talking about like their biggest fears, but it was just a way once again, to get us eyes on these people that we haven't seen in a long time that are a part of the family. They're a part of the community. Mm. We haven't updated on Grunt Guy in a while, but I did get a um, the Grunt Guy's investor reached out to me or somebody that helped him out before. And I was talking to him about stuff similar to this and just the fact that the cast that we don't get to see is the ones that people really want to hear from. You know, we do obviously those they were saying that, you know, the OG cast doesn't bring in as many ticket sales and such. And it's because a lot of times the OGs that they're bringing in are the ones who are, you know, promoting themselves on social media. They're still in the limelight. We still see stuff from them. But if they got these people who are, you know, hiding in the woodworks, like that would be amazing. That would be the ones that we want to see. If Nor was at an event, I'd be so excited. He's just like a little speed bullet that guy yeah the, there's people i would really want to see and i mean come on are you going to tell me that if you we talked about this so many times if you're going to tell me that you're going to have beth headlining an event you're going to tell me people aren't going to come out for that that would be phenomenal i mean that's what imagine like a, a reenactment imagine we got julie and veronica or something at an event oh, you know i mean god. my god so <laughs> all right so imagine it like a wizard world like a comic con setting you know san diego comic con they have all these fun exhibits set up so imagine you've got a challenge meet and greet a challenge fan event and oh you <laughs> and you've got a stage set up with harnesses yeah. and you sit in the harnesses and you get you get to take like a picture or a video reenacting the julie and veronica scene Oh that, my god, that would, that would be, be unbelievable! Like they, they've they've got the green screen in the background with the buildings. We have to we have to um, we have to get the clip of of that scene and, and put it on the Instagram story. I mean, that's an yeah. all time classic. It's one of the most reference challenge moments ever. I've been posting a lot. I don't know if you guys have seen on our um, Instagram stories. You should check them out. I'll randomly post, you know, some old um, old school scenes and things that happened. The other day, I posted Alton like just manhandling oh, that neck climb timer. holy yep. shit destroying adam king <laughs> it was so fast it was it, so it's fast one, it's one of the most like impressive athletic achievements oh um, never forget that shawnee i i i do need to shout out our comment section because it does seem like a lot of people in there uh want to see what i have to say about car in this episode all i have to say is stay tuned Stay tuned about five, five more minutes, people. Because we may disagree on this one, by the way. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it's an I can't exciting wait. one. <laughs> There's going to be so much juice in this episode. Also, uh, one more thing I want to say before we get into the episode. Have you seen the advertisement? <laughs> this is going to be so bad. I, 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 There is some event coming up in like West Virginia. And it's got, I think there's a couple, are you the one people that are going to be there? Yes, that the like that. It's just all the rejects, like Andre and like all those Andre. people on the poster. And my my <laughs> girl Chelsea is going to be there. Yeah, the only person. I was going to tag you in that and be like, Chelsea's going to be there. <laughs> the only person I would go out of my way to meet at that event is Chelsea. 
because me and Chelsko, I think, would be like soulmates in another life. If Chelsko, I'll tell you what, if Chelsko ever wanted to do an interview, I would gladly have her on here. Oh, hell and, yeah. Yeah, I'd talk about her music career with her. I'd talk about a lot of things with her. Yeah, um, found musicians that together. that looks like the shady, like... This looks like shady, the shadiest event I've ever seen. It's, okay? it's just really funny because it's so clearly the B-list. But I mean, I like a lot of them, so whatever. I, and it's in West Virginia. Like, How many people are they planning on drawing out to this event? I always wonder how many challengers live out in the middle of nowhere because all these events seem to happen out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there has not been an event in L.A. since all these events had, have started happening. How is that fucking possible it's, it's like, like the opposite of every other entertainment fan convention mm-hmm. experience like okay philadelphia this is literally the hub like where are they yep i i don't know although i don't know if i would go i mean i don't know maybe i, I might go to some of the events i am more inclined to go now because obviously this is like you know becoming slightly a job and so you know networking wise it'd be fantastic but it's not like i wouldn't die to go to a lot of these per se and i wouldn't fly out that's for sure it, it looks like erlene is erlene is correcting you it's not the b list it's the e list <laughs> that, they, <laughs> that they recruited people on for this for this one it really is it's like as it's all the people that have not gotten a call for the challenge that's what it is mm-hmm. <laughs> um all right so let's go to the episode yeah yes um, I, let's let's come out firing. I love the way this episode started. It starts. This oh, yeah, this the opening is, is great. Opening is great. It starts with CT in the Redemption House by himself <laughs> in a fucking war room. Oh my god, it was okay, so funny. An entire board setup of every team that's still in the game, every team that's in the main house, and he's got he's got like String. yarn. <laughs> strands of yarn tying each one together in this web to see who's aligned with who and he's using that to visualize who has the most power this is what i imagine that michael aka santa aka the old man of the virtual challenge i feel like he approaches the game the same way except he overthinks it ct's been around the block like see ct's not getting in his own head Santa but. overthinks everything. No offense, but you do. <laughs> and that's why we love him. But CT is like the general. He's in his war room. I want to see more shit like that. That's yeah. what I want to see. I, I was hoping Veronica went in there and then they were like, and then they would strategize together. Like I was dying. I was dying to see her walk into the room and then like start like moving around the ribbons. And, damn and, it. And damn like, it. Now I don't like the scene as much. <laughs> it just would have been I would, so cool. I would, have wanted, I would have killed to see that. And you see like her like scratching X's on people. Like, no, we don't it, need yeah, them. Or like, like oh. step aside, CT. You're looking at it all wrong. <laughs> yes. These bitches are aligned with these bitches. If she would have, oh man. I love like shows like The Wire and stuff. Those are classics. Those are some of my yes. favorites. And I just, I love detective shows. I love all of that sort of mystery type vibe. So this was just super amazing. And I don't even know if he was doing it for real or just for entertainment, but the whole skit was unbelievable. I was very pleased with that. It was just, you know, it was like a minute of, of, of pure bliss. Really yeah. enjoyed it. it. And then we, uh, we head over to the main house, I believe, or should I say the hen house? The- <laughs> I um I don't know if you guys caught I put some quotes up on our Instagram and stuff. They were hilarious, honestly. They were so funny. Sylvia and all the girls had me a howling. Like the whole episode. I don't think a guy threw in any comment last night that was worthy uh, of Sh- recognition. Shane Shane was the only one yeah, bringing it. Love Shane. Um, <laughs> but so we're in the hen house. Sylvia is describing this scene 
I mean, essentially, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's just three couples fucking at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, so basically the issue is the fact that Sylvia is in the hen house as the only solo hen. So she is surrounded by, like, just mayhem. I don't think we've seen hooking up like this in a challenge house in a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah, this Um, used to be normal. This is, like, like, uh... This is like Wes and Mandy on, on uh, like <laughs> Wes and Mandy going at it. Oh my god! It. With, with with the blanket and and Sylvia's talking about the roosters in the hen house. You see Nelson go into Kaylee's bed. You see Kyle in Faith's bed, and then Joss rolls up and gets into Amanda's bed, and all all this shit's going on. And mm. Kyle's like, "Are we all fucking right now?" And then Amanda <laughs> drops so the legendary line. What was the line? Oh, show me your dick. (laughs) It was so funny. You see Joss like trying to play it cool, you know, just like hooking up. And then she's like, okay, show me your dick. Uh, I was dying. And then they they insinuated that it was a a two minute scenario here. It it, it was not a long time in the hen house for any of the roosters. They all started hopping out one by one, just naked from the beds, (laughs) going to clean up. (laughs) Now that I'm like looking back on it, this, this episode started on fire. Yeah, too bad I didn't finish that way. Um, so, <laughs> so Santa, Santa's saying a lot of two pump chumps in the in the challenge. Apparently, uh, yeah, Santa's probably you, like you a know one Aggie's pump not on the challenge. We've heard the rumors about him. Who was this one? Oh, about, oh my about God. Aggie, yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> something that's really funny about that whole scene is just the fact that if you watch, if you're a fan of X on the Beach or Jordy Shore, any of like the British shows, they're really raunchy in comparison to the American shows. Like, we don't see the sex happening on the challenge and stuff like that, but if you watch Jordy Shore, you literally see it. Like, they don't, like, it's not like they cover it up. Like, you see, like, maybe they'll blur a few things here and there, but they'll, like, show you full-on <laughs> banging. There's just, just pumping going on they like don't cut away very fast at all so you know it's really raunchy and that show like those shows are just all about that kind of thing and i think they're bringing a little bit of that spirit to the challenge house you know with kyle and joss doing that um so it's really it's nice to see you know they're sort of mingling um something else that happened just prior was the brad and Brittany call um which i thought was like, oh yeah, I, I skipped over this monumental call that got teased forever. But it was just so boring. Like it was so boring. It was like so lame. It. I honestly couldn't believe that they teased it for so many weeks, and then that was the big reveal. They could have teased the banging scene more, and it would have been more interesting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I could not agree more. Um, that was far more entertaining. Um, and Hannah, if you guys have not read Hannah's most recent hit list said it best like why did they end on a cliffhanger last week for that call yeah seriously what was the point yeah i, I don't want to spend any more time on it because it was bullshit and if, if we don't pay <laughs> if we don't pay attention to that stuff like that's maybe the editing will change a little bit that oh, call was lame i the like that in the hen, yeah the roosters in the hen house that's that's the shit that we're talking about that's a really good perspective on that so we'll just skip over the shit we never want to see again <laughs> yeah, yeah i like that we're not going to dwell on the negative we're going to ignore it 
I like that also. Um, all right. So right after the hen house, we just got a little clip of Tori and Zach kind of colluding. And I just think they're a really cute friendship. And I, I mentioned this. And then later on, we see more development of them and their little alliance forming. And to me, it just seems like two no bullshitters, both without opposite, you know, without their spouses or their girlfriends and boyfriends there. So they're kind of like both a little bit like, oh, you know, I need a friend. Um, and their little code language of don't burn a vote on me i was like all right obviously that just means alliance handshake thank you <laughs> i'll tell you what if i was zach and i am zach let's not forget and tori was coming to me with that deal i'd be like sure tori yeah i got you boom stabbed in the back First why chance. tori's tori's current team with Derek is a layup why would zach want to stab her in the back mm -hmm. I'm, I'm done with her i'm done with her all right I love Tori. You can go fuck yourself. Okay, so next <laughs> up is... Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get into that. I got no <laughs> love for Tori. Okay. There's we only got... one Tori. There's only one Tori. There's like so many fucking Tories. All right. Shane, Shane trying to stir shit up. I know you have comments on this. This was great. Shane was, Shane was like... <laughs> Shane's like, we're going to play a little Never Have I Ever. And we're going to use it to mine some information and, and see if we can get to the bottom of some shit. That's how a fucking veteran plays the game. All right. Shane's like, we know that and that we know that Faith and Kyle fucked and we're going to draw that out into the open. Yeah, that was a clear. I mean, that was just such a Shane move. It was such a Shane move. He he's become very predictable, but I do enjoy it because there's not as many conniving people currently in the house so he's giving us a little bit of that although i must say i did not appreciate the way he came at davon um later on in the episode but we'll oh talk about that. i cannot wait mm. guys we're gonna get there that was that was my favorite fight in the last couple seasons it's it's <laughs> we'll talk about it we'll talk about it um all right. Um, something else that I wanted to talk about just in that, I keep forgetting that Faith is a veteran. So I think that's pretty interesting. I hope that that translates into our competition. We'll see. That is such a cool angle for her character. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the way she said it to Kara was, was so perfect. It was so perfect to me. She's like, bitch, I am a veteran. Yeah. I'm the only veteran. <laughs> yeah. And like you guys can all shut up. You are all rookies. Uh, for now, for all this is my first Kara gripe of the evening for all my fans, for all my stands out there. I know I got my army. People love what I have to say about Kara Maria. Uh, so Kara hears all the stuff going on about Kyle. She does her whole sob story. And then she has her conversation with Faith. And she says, you know, you would think that a rookie uh, would come in the house and respect the veterans or whatever bullshit she has to say. And, dude, this is what I'd say. Kara wants to be Johnny so bad. In what way? The way that she is speaking to Faith is exactly the way that Johnny speaks to people. She feels like she knows the game so well. You are That's a true. rookie. <laughs> you don't come in here and ruffle the feathers of the veteran and make such big game moves like that. Carl wants to be Johnny so bad. It's fucking sad. Okay, I can see what you're saying, but I think that <laughs> I think that Kara's been like that for a while. Honestly, I was so hot and cold with Kara this whole episode. But for majority, you know, at the end, I really, in conclusion, just appreciated Kara this episode. I liked what she was doing, <clears throat> not for all of it. I hated that she was sat on Kyle's lap and all that bullshit. But then to still not let that get into her head. Uh, we'll touch on that stuff later. I mean, for the moment, you know, where we are right now in the episode, I was not a fan of what Carr was saying because I just think, like, as a woman, you have to 
okay, I, I think that obviously you want to be in touch with your feelings, but showing your feelings on the outside so obviously to everyone, like the more you do that, the weaker you become. You know, if you just put on that front and you, you know, you show everybody that you're still strong and you don't let that kind of stuff get into your head and affect your mood so it looks like you're pouting all over the place because she never seems to understand that she's actually causing drama with the pouting and with the sobbing and with the sort of looking glum. That's what causes the drama. Whether or not you're sitting in your room or sitting in the living room, it's still going to cause something. So I think if she just doesn't do that as much and she just, you know, like enjoys herself, like have a little fun, smile from time to time, focus on the laughing, you know, instead of that kind of stuff, she'll naturally feel better. And Kyle will like treat her better in a way, like as just a human, not necessarily as anything that they should be together or whatever. Um, but she just makes it too easy. She makes it too easy for people to give her shit. We will, uh, you know, for our viewers out there, for our listeners, you stay tuned. I will break down at length the hypocrisy of one Cara Maria Sorbello on this episode. And By the way, how funny is Sorbello? Uh, her name, yeah. every time I read it, I just remind me of Sorbet. I'm always like, Sorbello and yeah. gelato. That's, that's like the only thing I like about her at this point. Okay, whoa. Um, all right, Ooh. so what about her partner, Marie? You must like that. I love Marie. Okay. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Hakuna Matata Marie. Hakuna Marie. That's all I to say about Marie. Tony's Marie impression was great, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Kara. <laughs> uh, um, All right, redemption. Redemption, redemption, redemption. So TJ walks in and he gives them the twist that the other redemption people had. Natalie and Polly know about this, right? They know about the room already, or do they not? Were they not there when they... I don't actually don't think that they were in that room when they originally no, found out. No, no not, not that we had seen. No, so so this is new for all of them. They go into the surveillance room. And I loved Veronica's comments because she's such a... She enjoys the political game. She's such a manipulator. You know, she loves that side of things. So to her, she sees this and she just wishes that there was TVs everywhere and that she was watching everything nonstop. And I love that. I liked that they were all talking about how they can use that information to their advantage and what's going on and, and trying to, you know, just figure trying to gain any advantage they can from the position that they're in. That's that's like a true that's the true spirit of the game. Yeah. And something that was so funny in that scene was um, CT. So they're all watching this whole stuff and then they talk after. And CT asked them, almost like an older dad would, to his children after they, you know, realize the consequences of their actions. And he goes, so you guys still think it was worth getting involved with the whole Kyle Carr thing? Or you should have still laid low. And and they're like, we should have still laid low, dad. Like, it was just so cute. It was so on point. And That's... you could just, you could tell that they've all been talking while being in their redemption house. And you have, you know, CT and Veronica, like these challenge parents teaching these diabolically insane, loud, you know, put a target right on my face type challengers, Polly and Natalie, how to maybe play it a little bit smarter and smoother. So that was really here's, cool. Here's what I wonder, and I know that Michael will appreciate this. You know, it's it's pretty much no secret from what we've heard that there's been some romantic dalliances in the past between Veronica and Natalie. There they are in the redemption house together. What do you think was going on there? True. I know Natalie said, you know, she had a girlfriend, I, I believe, earlier in the in in the season. But I wonder if there was some some rocking and rolling. That's such doors. an interesting point. I actually didn't think about that. I mean, they're stuck in redemption. It's not like they can Let's do anything. Up that tea. 
Yeah, somebody um somebody get us a little source. Okay, so then we go into the main house again and they get their clue. Um the clue this week was you're gonna have to work together to stay on track and not go off the rails at the next challenge. So, you know, it's exciting. They get a clue, they're all like freaking out, like what are we gonna do? Everyone's hypothesizing. Uh the best part about this portion was the little pep talk between Tori and Derek and Derek being like <laughs> In his confessional, a, a win would be so huge here for us. <laughs> um, dude, you're never gonna win. You're a complete oh. flop. You're never gonna win anything. I hope they do. <laughs> he's, he's D- Tori deserves such a better partner. No, because she doesn't. She's, she's the type of person that just like on her, she needs a solid partner in order to be like a good duo. But she's a great teammate. She's a great teammate with someone else that's good. Tori, I'm sure you're cool as shit. I believe it. Don't listen to and, him. And uh, but I there's only one Tori on the show I ride for and I can't ride for you. Sorry. Yeah, because you're not her Facebook friend. I mean, his Facebook friend. OK, so yeah, um, if she wants to shoot me a friend request and try and become the number one Tori, which speaking of, let me throw this in here real quick. Uh, I just want to throw it out there to the listeners, to the viewers. We have talked about this for weeks. We have talked about when are we going to when are we going to score a challenger interview? I as of tonight as soon as this broadcast is over, we'll be personally reaching out to my Facebook friend, Tori Hall, (laughs) and extending our first formal invite for the interview. That's a really good idea. And my plan is this time next week, I will report back. So just stay tuned for that. Tori Hall, Saniac interview. Great, great idea. Oh my God, Tori Hall. Okay, no, I actually do like you, Tori. We might ban Shani from it. Shani might be banned from the interview. This might be a one-on-one between Tori and myself. I'll just stand in the corner and watch. Um, Okay, okay, so on that note, actually on cast interviews, just so you guys know, I know a lot of you guys have seen that I did record episodes with Cyrus and Dan. Me being the slow editor that I am and being so busy, I haven't had a time to get those out, but they will be rolling out at some point, so stay tuned for those. Okay, so the challenge. Let's just jump right into that. Off the rails. I liked this challenge. I thought it was Um, cool. Yeah, I, I dug it. I liked that there were different parts of it. It seemed like it was a pretty fucking hard challenge to do. Um, it, I like I liked it better than last week's challenge with the with the high stakes. I like th- th- this one. There there was there was a lot of good strategy that went into it. Certain teams were I, I you know teams attempted it different ways, and it, mm. it, it it was clear like which ways were more effective. And and those are always the challenges that I appreciate. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean, where it's not just one obvious method of going about the challenge. Like there's actual thought behind it um, and how you can, you know, strategize to get through it. I liked it. I think my only issue with it was the fact that they didn't show enough of it. It They they kept they cut through so many people so quickly. Like, I want to see them falling. I want to see how they fall. All the things to cut. They they cut the actual challenge. It was that yeah. that was strange. They cut it so short. I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself, like when Kaylee and Cam went up against Faith and and Angela, that was the shortest bit. It was it was as if we didn't even get to see them compete. I liked it and I just wish they showed us more. Shawnee, let me just take a quick break here to address the comment section. Yes. Uh, for those who missed last week's episode, I am friends on Facebook with Tori Hall now. She requested me. I did not request her. Um, that was initiated by her. So it's safe to say she is a Saniac podcast fan. Yes, yes. She's definitely a fan. She did um, not request Shawnee. She requested me. Anyways, back right, to... Moving on. 
Yeah, she didn't request me, but maybe one day we'll see. She'll probably like me more in person, though. That's for sure. Mm. Um, mm. I, don't know. Hmm. I don't know about that. Accuracy. Um, okay, let's go through the challenge. Just so everybody knows what they had to do, I'll give you guys the breakdown and the structure. Um, so it was two teams going at a time, um, and they had to go on top of this train and go back go from the front to the back as fast as possible through this obstacle course. And the obstacle course was two sections. The first section was the beam walk. And it was essentially this like a triangle or sort of angled um, platform that they had to walk across. It was very thin. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't a flat edge or anything on there. Um, and they had to get across that. And then the second section was called the cable traverse. And they had to just do uh, basically a tightrope walk. You know, they're both on opposite ropes. And they had to lean on each other for leverage um, and get to these lifelines. Um, that were ropes hanging above that they could grab onto and use for support. Um, so starting them, starting off on the challenge right away, we have the advantage that Kyle and Brad had from uh, their last win, which to me, I hate advantages that are disadvantages for others. I think an advantage should just be something for them. Like they should have just gotten multiple lifelines as opposed to taking away from others. Um, so their advantage was the ability to take away one of the rope lifelines, um, which were hanging overhead on the cable traverse from uh, any team. And they chose Kara and Marie. And by essentially doing that, I mean, you pretty much make it almost impossible. There's to no take. way. Like yeah, it's that... impossible. That's it. Oh my God. Do you see who's watching right now? Who? What the fuck? Oh shit. Oh, hello, Marie. We're just <laughs> okay, talking about your so challenge right now. This is great. I really did not appreciate that aspect of it. Them taking the advantage uh, or them throwing a disadvantage out there. Like, yeah, I hate that. That's not a fucking advantage. That's a disadvantage for another team. That's yeah. not an advantage for them. Like, that's like the difference between the challenge and something like Survivor where, you know, Survivor, when you win an advantage, it's like, hey, you get your puzzle pieces before everyone. So it's it's personal to that team. Exactly. Um, yeah. This one just kind of came to screw Marie and Cara. It was, was kind of like there's literally no chance you can get across it without that first lifeline. A hundred percent. And they actually needed the advantage because they couldn't do it with the four lifelines that they had, Kyle and Brad. So they could have even used that extra lifeline. So I think that should have definitely been the advantage for them. Not to mention the fact that by giving a disadvantage to just one team, it becomes only, it doesn't become an advantage for just Kyle and Brad. It's an advantage for everybody else competing against Marie and Cara. So it really isn't an advantage for the winning fucking team. It's just stupid. I hate that kind of stuff. And I think it, it just ruins it because then on top of that, first of all, you have females and males competing against each other. Like we've said before, we have issues with the gender challenge concept. And on top of that, they're having the two male team give a disadvantage to the two female team on a competition that was, you know, so like physically, you know, strength based that it's just, I don't know. I was really pissed off about that. So I didn't like that. I think it was stupid. Um, and I think Kyle and Brad made a really stupid move there. They could have given it to somebody who, you know, had a real shot of winning two of the guy teams to Zach. Um, I think that they made a dumb play there. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> obviously the hilarious part of this challenge was Tori and Derek. <laughs> this guy <laughs> oh my God, they were so bad. Time. It's so funny. I, I can't, I can't get enough of it. Mm. He, he's, he's literally, he's just a body. 
But the thing was, could they watch each other? I wasn't sure if they could see each other so well on the first section of the obstacle course because you had the people who were using the strategy that um, Marie and Johnny were using going against each other. So they were using the same strategy. And then the ones who were using, like, Kaylee, um, you know, Kaylee and Cam and all of them, they were using the other strategy, which is the same one that Derek and Tori used, and they were all doing it the same. that was just – it was a terrible strategy. Yeah, nobody nobody could make it through. Yeah, nobody had any success going that way. You had to go – in that that dancing formation yeah which which is front. how which is how marie and and cara started out they did really well i honestly think they could have done significantly better had they not lost that i think they line. could have finished the course yeah, yeah i think so as well um, um the most uh, you know the the big winners here though were it ends up being the the last well granted this is this is mtv editing i mean I'm pretty sure that Zach and Amanda and Joss and Sylvia's heat, like that probably wasn't the last heat, but they, yeah. they, they both ended up finishing and winning the competition. So that was okay. what was shown last. I usually pay attention to the lighting to see if like the, the lighting has changed in the time That's of smart. day to try and see um, when people went, especially for outside challenges like that. But I actually didn't clock that at all. So I, I would be interested to know if they didn't go last. I was really impressed with that heat though. That was amazing. I mean, they yeah, did that, so that was well. Awesome to see them both finish. Um, this is this is a comment I wanted to make about Zach. And once again, as a Zach myself, I am qualified to judge other Zachs. Yeah. Um, he's so inconsistent. Like that has just been his story the entire time that he's been on the show, going back to his first season, where you've got all these high highs. Like he can dominate. He can be a dominant competitor, but then he flops so hard. And look at the last two weeks where he was like a he was a dead fish on the high stakes challenge. <laughs> yeah. You know, he made he 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 barely made it halfway and then and then he fell. And then his partner had to finish for him. Amanda, Amanda ended up finishing. And then this week he just goes out and dominates. He lines, he lines her up so that she's facing with her back to the to the walk. And he they're he killed it. They just go through it. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised they did so well on something that's so balance focused because of um, their size differences but I mean I think um, I think they they played well together something that Zach said that I've always known to be true is the fact that Amanda's a really good teammate and that they work well together um, you know she is like a very outgoing human being and personality but I could see her being someone that can work really well um, you know with someone that isn't going to get too emotional or too like flustered or whatever is just going to get things done um, and she also puts Zach in her place this isn't another John A that Zach can just sort of you know steamroll that over that is such a good comparison mm. to his partners and what kind of partner he needs like she is such a better partner for him than john eight was yeah that, that that was that was a dysfunctional partnership she is the kind of person who's gonna be like motherfucker i will fucking clap you well, exactly. And me. it's not like there's such a, a difference in skill between John A and Amanda. I, I, I rate John A quite high in my challenge, you know, realm of, of that sort of sphere in that time period. I think that she was pretty good. I just think they were such a bad team because John A can't handle that kind of stuff. Whereas if yeah. Zach is yelling at Amanda, Amanda's about to be like, shut the fuck up, bitch. Let's do this. <laughs> um, so I think that really helps a lot. Let's just go through uh, the order and a few of the um, a few of the challenges and how people did. So we had Johnny and Tony. They completed this shit uh you know it looked like cakewalk based on the edit i don't know if it was exactly that i'm surprised tony did so well because he's quite clumsy usually he's really gaining his coordination a little bit that more was a step in the right direction for tony that's something that you would expect him to fail yeah yeah that's true um so car and marie and marie we already said you know they had a really solid one they completed the first round uh davon and jose versus tori and derek so they both got out on that first one and obviously i just think it was because they both tried that strategy and 
I just want to know if we can get an inside scoop from somebody, um, whether or not that was because they couldn't see the other people going or they genuinely thought that was a better strategy or what. Um, but obviously, you know, leaning on completely on one side and then completely on another side, you're so dependent on being even in weight that if yeah, you, have, you have to be like the same weight. Yeah, exactly. That's why, that's why it was so dumb for Tori and Derek, because Derek outweighs Tori by like 30, 35 pounds. Yeah. And least. to figure that out, to figure the physics of that balance out, and like to, to make sure that you're, you know, you're pulling a certain amount or they're pull, like, that's almost impossible. So I think that that was just the clear faux pas of the, of the episode of that strategy. Something that was really funny during this, I posted a quote about it uh, on our social media. We have every day is a new day for Derek to wake up and not shit the bed <laughs> comes in Tori. So I know Zach doesn't stand Tori nearly as much as I do. I fucking love Tori. Her and yeah, her little yoga pants going around. You're one of those. No I would like Tori more if it wasn't for her stands, like for the people who since her first she season. She doesn't have stands. Yeah, she's got stands. When she was on Dirty 30, the people, like the community that I am in that watches this show it was just like no questions. She's she's the greatest rookie we've ever seen. Uh uh-uh, uh, son, no. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, she did have a lot of people, you know, sort of standing for her. But I think she's really chilled out, and her stands have chilled out. She's not necessarily as hyped up anymore. Um, but just in general, I know on Hannah's recap, you know, she mentioned the fact that this wasn't just Derek's fault this time. Um, and yes. But I think that just the fact that they have such a bad working relationship together really is what ruins their chances at these challenges. I don't know if I would necessarily put the blame on them as competitors. I don't know. I, I Honestly, I'd be frustrated working with Derek, too. I'd like likely just give up. And if Tori knows that she can't win and dominate, then what's the better option? Isn't it to just flop a lot of the challenges and look like a layup? I agree with that strategy. I was thinking the same thing myself. You know, at, at that point, that is your best bet. Look like as much of a layup as possible. Uh, the last thing I would say about Tori deal is this. Shani, you've seen my work. You've seen what I'm capable of. People watching this, people listening, they've heard what I'm capable of. I would love to battle rap Tori. I would serve her up. Oh, my God. Does Tori, Tori battle rap? Yeah, that's like her That's like her gimmick. Is that her that, gimmick? That was, that oh, was my her, God. We got to get her in here. Her battle rap gimmick going back to Are You the One? We so Tori, gotta get her in want, here. If you ever want to spit bars, I'll spit bars with you and I'll serve you up. Yeah, and Tori, if you ever do listen to this, I have sent you many messages. And this studio space, state of the art, there's you can't see it, but there's lots going on behind there over there. Yeah, we're not all in the big, yours. We are hundred percent offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sh- Shani gets the outskirts studio of the studio. Well, I get this engineer side of the studio because I can't control it from there. But yeah, anyways, come in here. We'll record some shit. We can even do, um, you know, a nice diss track dedicated towards Calhoun together. Um, she, you know, she, stand I'm plus do way the man. Than Gio did. All right, I see those comments. I'm I, I'm more capable than Gio was. Did someone compare battle. you to Gio? Who just compared you to Gio? <laughs> well, that's who she battled before, and you know, people would say that she came out victorious. Um, victorious. That was great. Victorious. Uh, but I'm just I'm a higher quality opponent. Yeah, maybe. All right. Um, then we get another funny quote from Tori, which I loved so much, which is, if you don't unblock me on Instagram, I'm going to jump. <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny. Because yeah. at this point, you can just see, she, you know, she's making light of the situation. She knows she's sort of shit out of luck. Um, and she's just going to make the best out of it. Another reason why I love Tori D. 
Okay. Next up, we have um, Kaylee and Cam versus Faith and Angela. It was really cool to watch Faith and Angela compete um, to, well, I guess the same level as, you know, Kara and Marie and, you know, everybody else that got out on um, the actually Kyle and Brad, they got as far as Kyle and Brad. So, you know, to me, that was impressive. That showed that these girls came to play. I'd love to be able to just see them actually compete. Like, I want to watch them do something because I want to see what these girls are about and if they have as much bite to their bark. So we'll see about that. Shane and Nelson versus Brad and Kyle, they both get out on um, the cable traverse. So again, you know, this seems to be a difficult thing even for the guys to do, which was why it was even more impressive when Sylvia and Amanda came in and whooped all their asses. Um, you get Zach and Amanda and Joss and Sylvia appear last. We don't know if that was true. Um, and something that I thought was really funny is that it seems like Joss and Amanda are almost connected at the hip through this challenge. You know, throughout all the scenes that we see them, they're, you know, she's on his lap, massaging his back. You know, they're basically glued together. And all of the challenges so far, they've gone in the same heats. So I don't know if they're choosing heats or what's going on there, but I thought that that was pretty funny. That's a, that's a hot couple. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's two hot people right there. Uh, Amanda looks looks awesome. I am sad that it, like, didn't work out or whatever because, you know, there's the Twitter beef and stuff that went on. Hopefully they just took up again. They're so cute together. Yeah, I don't normally stand uh, challenge relationships. You know, people people eat those up. Like people are all over Tori and Jordan right now. I would definitely get behind Joss and Amanda. I love Tori and Jordan. I think they're so cute. Yeah, they're so cute. Um, yeah. there was there was this whole thread on one of the groups recently that I thought was so funny. It was your favorite challenge couple, and somebody commented. First of all, that graphic image was of you know Brad and Tori, Tori F. Um. CT and DM, um, lots of couples basically, Tori and Jordan. And one of the comments was CT and DM, all the others were hookups. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, some of these people have kids together. There was like Cheyenne and Corey. There was like all of these couples that have like, you know, Brad and Tori literally were married for however many years. Anyway, so on her thing, her definition of a hookup was just, you know, people that were only together for a season. So I replied, I was like, first of all, just because CT and DM were the most prominent figures on the show doesn't mean their relationship was A, the longest, or B, the best. And third, even by your definition of a hookup, all of these weren't hookups. They all lasted longer than a season, except maybe um, Cheyenne and and Corey. Uh, There are so many. Let me break this down for you. And Greg, I agree with what you just said. What, Greg's, totally what did Greg say? Jordan's a little bit possessive, from what I've heard, of his of his woman. Um, Maybe there are different levels of challenge standum. You've got the crazy Cara Maria fans. Cara Maria stand-up. Defender, come at us. Um, we, we've already waged war with them. We've we've already opened the floor. I've already declared war on Cara stands. You're welcome to come at me anytime you want. You've got banana stands. Um, you know, these are the people who on. Uh-oh. It seems I have lost myself a co-host. I feel like his computer probably died. All right. So we'll let him explain his um, standum levels in a little bit. Um, I will take over for now and finish this out. Hopefully he'll come back on soon so he can get back to his um, his tears of stands. Um, anyway, so... From the challenge, we go into the results. We have Zach and Amanda win. I was super excited that they won this episode. 
Um, because I just I want to see them, you know, living up to their full potential. You've got people like Sylvia and Amanda that people don't rate very highly. And to me, those are competitors. Those are girls that can really do some damage. People give Sylvia zero credit, even though she has had some impressive elimination wins. Um, so I love seeing her do well. And I love seeing how that um, that falls into place for her. Um, hopefully she wins a few and hopefully Amanda and Zach continue to dominate and um it seems like all right there we go um okay so then we go back to the main house and we have kyle and Kara. um so this is like really interesting it's definitely a broken record um the whole kyle and Kara thing i think Kara needs to watch an episode of geordie shore and just see how he treated um see how he treated holly for so long um and, you know, just be able to realize the fact that this guy is not a serious guy that's actually going to do anything positive for you. I mean, he's such a player. You know, he clearly came in there and was just trying to hook up with people to slightly get ahead. You know, he saw the benefit there. So I don't know why she's still seeking him out. I can understand being upset about him because, you know, they, they did have something fairly serious in a way. I guess maybe to Cara it was more serious. Um, he had visited her family. Um, and, you know, we weren't we weren't so tuned in or clued in to the fact that they actually had that kind of thing going on. Um, but they, Oh, there we go. I got Zach back on. Um, so I don't know what happened there. People. I was like literally spitting fire. Yeah. About your wolves because they were about car Maria defender just logged into your account. Hacked. Wow. Um, there's like the only explanation I can think of is like, we were legit just hacked by, the stands i honestly i think the stands just came to get us i mean we had a good run there zach flex their muscles so hard um (laughs) before we got booted like i wanted to talk about the ctdm stands and just to say like i'm not gonna say anything about them now (laughs) but because i'm already waging war with cara stands you know banana stands or whatever but like the ctdm stands are probably the strangest people to me because they truly believe that it's I'm not going to get into it. Hannah, I agree with what you said about them. <laughs> and I, I I can only be at war with so many people right now. All right. I'll get into it since I'm at war with less people. Um, CT and DM stands are fucking delusional. Yeah. They had a really nice TV relationship, but it was so toxic and it was so horrible. And there was just so little health in that relationship. I mean, I honestly, it's just, I would advise anyone in a similar situation to get out now. Um, so I think that you guys all are a little cuckoo in your nest. Um, and on that, <laughs> not really um, something that I necessarily wanted to express, but this is an opinion I've had for a very long time, which is the fact that while DM as a person was incredible and she really lived her life doing such amazing things, as a challenger, she was not someone I enjoyed watching compete. I think that she was very scared all the time from start to finish her first challenge to the last. I swear to God, anytime there was an elimination, even remotely creeping up on her, it was this overwhelming sense of entitlement and fear that, you know, came off in probably the worst way on camera um, for us to watch. And I really didn't like that. It was just this sense of why the hell should I have to go in? You know, when she felt like she didn't, she, Anissa should have chosen her instead of Svetlana, who had literally been her best friend throughout that season. I was like, you need to wisen up. Like just, you know, that obviously that deal was said because, you know, she thought that she was going to win and, you know, all of those things. Like, come on, girl, you can't expect her to pick you over 
you know, oversweat. So I think there was so many instances like that that happened time and time again that I just didn't like. Keegan had some low lights on the show. Um, once again, like I totally believe what everyone says. I'm sure she was an awesome person, an incredible person, a great spirit. But like, if, if we're talking strictly from a show standpoint, exactly, see what you're talking about, and and that narrative does get covered up by by what happened and her memory and and all that. So it's, yeah. Yeah, and because she was such a genuinely loved person by all the cast because she really was a great human being. Like, everyone could feel that spirit. So, you know, it's hard to put down a great human being like that. But, you know, we're talking about the challenge here. We're not talking about them as people. Um, And anyways, let's move on. Um, So I... Once you had gone off air, I sort of continued the show and I was going through um, the main house after the challenge um, with Kyle and Kara and just what a broken record that whole thing is. And I just wish that, I don't know, like, how can she be so easily swayed back in? That scene was literally cringeworthy. Oh, my face was Marie's face. And I know that Kara issued a statement today on social media saying, oh, it was manipulated editing. I was playing Kyle. All this stuff. Listen, I don't care, Kara. Uh, <laughs> this is what Kara said. I And I'm not like an emotive TV viewer. Like when I'm watching television by myself, you know, I'm just sitting there in my natural state. This actually made me react yeah. to myself with nobody. When Kara, when Kara said to Kyle that Kyle trying to take her out affects all the little girls at home who look up to her. Kara, look into my eyes. What the fuck are you talking about? She wasn't. Okay, you're stupid. She wasn't talking about the fact that that he was going to take her out on the show. She was talking about the fact that they look up to her as a role model for females and the fact that she can't let a guy just steamroll over her in that way. And that's what would make her negative in their eyes. Little girls do not look up to Kara. 100% they do. I'm sure there's a couple couple out there. I'm sure Kara's met like some... 35 year old mother who loves the show who dressed her daughter you know her three-year-old daughter up as car maria but dude uh cara nobody's watching you on bloodlines nobody's watching you on this season and and these little girls are like oh i want to be cara maria oh my god okay i can see what you're saying but at the same time like car really cares about that she really cares about how she comes off to the fans oh, she, she's delusional she this does- <laughs> Okay, I think I think this particular scene was her lowest point in the episode, but I think she excels later on in how she deals with it with voting and stuff. We'll so, get there. Um I do I, I like I've highlighted this before. I loved Kara. She was one of my favorite people on the show. She was one of my favorite characters on the show. Going back to She was to not invasion, mine. I fucking uh, hated she, her. I really enjoyed her. Going when I saw that Kara was cast on Invasion, like, this feels so long ago. This was only a year ago. And people, I'm telling you, when I saw the car was on Invasion, I was like, yes, they're bringing in Kara. This is great. I like Kara. I wanted to see her. And ever since. Oh, how time has changed. Well, when she first came on to Fresh Meat 2, I honestly was like, who the fuck is this crybaby that is paired unique. with Darrell? I enjoyed her. I was I like, goodbye. I liked her on Cutthroat. Some of us have an element. Oh my god, that was the most was stupid so... shit. Some of us That's have to compete. You guys are so it's... selfish. 
when Kara talks about how, you know, she, she was bullied, she was a victim, like, okay, that's what you were, but you've changed so much. And now you're so unlikable to me. You need to like, you need to check yourself, Kara. You need to have a reality dose. And for her to buy in so hard and say, she's got all these little girls out there. All these little girls. We have no They're idea. Not if she get has to see Kara on the show. Kyle, don't throw me in. Cause all my little girl fans aren't going to get to see me on the show. Maybe a lot I, of them are in I'm, Challenge Talk. We could just round up all the little girl fans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we love Challenge Talk. We do, we do. And I know for a fact that uh, there's some people on Challenge Talk that feel the same way I do about Kara. Shout out to Rosie. Oh, does Rosie not like uh, Does Rosie not like Kara? <laughs> you know, anytime I want to bang on Kara. Rosie's right there, like liking every comment. I love yeah, Rosie. That's a, that's a shout out. I'm going to tag her so she yeah, knows yeah. That, that I respect that. <laughs> um, all right. So from that moment, um, you know, you get Marie. It sort of cuts out with Marie coming outside and saying, Cara, you know, get off of his lap. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And I thought that, that was great. She was just like, cut the bullshit, you know, straight to the point. Marie keeps it real. Mm -hmm. Marie's looking out for her. There's like, been a lot of that this season. Yeah. Mar Marie is like the only person who's reality checking Kara. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So then, then we move on to Shane and Zach's conversation. And this was kind of, I mean, you see a lot of Shane trying to manipulate the vote throughout all of this. I know you probably were living for all of this stuff, um, but I just think Shane is putting in so much political work. And I have a feeling that the way he's going about it is going to end up backfiring on him or it's going to you know, do him really well because he's going to end up eventually making some sort of move that gets out bananas because that is seems to be his end game right now. It seems to be climbing up to the banana tree. Uh, hi, Jessica. I see you out there. Thank you for joining the live. Really appreciate that. You've been participating you know, with some of our content, so thank you for jumping in here. Um, Shani, I am not a biased uh, challenge watcher. As, as much as some people may feel that way with some of the things I've been saying lately, you know, even my favorites, I can recognize fault in them. And I actually, uh, I, from what I saw of Shane talking to Zach, it, it wasn't a move that I liked because so Shane, it, it almost came off to me. Like Shane didn't realize that the only reason he even had an in with Zach was because of Zach's partner. And Zach pretty much said that on his confession. Like, well, I'm tolerating mm -hmm. this guy. I don't mm -hmm. trust him at all. And it almost looked like Shane was, Shane was setting himself up. Like, like, I feel like Zach, if he gets any of the sway in that, in that team, like he'll he'll cut off Amanda and go after Shane, and and mm. I feel, I feel like Shane's setting him up to think like oh I can trust this team when I wouldn't trust that team. So I I didn't like seeing Shane doing that as you know the big shady Shane guy. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have been having that conversation. Like if I was gonna politic with that team, if I were Shane, I would only politic with Amanda. Mm. I would only speak to her. Oh yeah, same because you you give. He just he is in a solid position with them because of Amanda. And so then by going to Zach, he jeopardizes a lot of that. So I yeah. think that there was also just the way he went about it was very scared. You know, you, you could see he was talking out of fear. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that alone and that sort of tone of voice, you know, if you're on Big Brother, if you're on The Challenge, if you're on Survivor, anything, if you have a tremble in your voice, if you're slightly flustered or a little bit scared, people instantly get suspicious of you. And you could honestly not even be scared, but you could sound like you are. And that 
that's going to be an issue. So I think Shane needs to sort of figure out a maybe lighter, you know, have a lighter hand in the political game um, and how he talks to people and, and figure out a better way to play that. I'm worried that that will not suit them well. And especially if Nelson has to pick up the political slack, I mean, they're screwed. Like, that's... Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Greg is actually accusing Shane of self-glossing the Shady Shane nickname, which we all know that I've been calling Cam out for self-glossing herself. Um, I don't know the origin of Shady Shane. I know that the first time I heard it used was Nicole. I believe she said it last season when she called him Shady Shane. It is very possible that he might have perpetrated that himself. I don't know. But until I find out more information, I have to resort, uh, reserve judgment. Yeah, um, he probably did self-gloss the name um, because he's that type of guy. I mean, no, my guy Shane wouldn't self-gloss. He wouldn't do that. And um, if he was going to self-gloss, he would come up with a more complimentary nickname of himself. Some f- funny little Shane. But actually, I was scrolling through the challenge um, Instagram. Now that we have the Saniac Podcast Instagram, I'm like a big, a big Insta now. And I was looking through the comment section on the MTV Challenge post, one of them. And it was, you know, what do you want in this challenge? And Shane commented like three times, no more Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great. I love him. Um, all right. So... This was like pre-voting time. You have Shane then running to Davon and Jose. Also, apologies. Someone messaged me, said that I was uh, mispronouncing Davon's name. I was saying Devon instead of Davon. So yeah. we'll keep that. We'll keep that yeah, in check. We'll, we'll keep it with Day. Yeah, yeah. If we uh, if we ever have any of those errors, you know, just send us a message. We love that shit. I don't want to be offending, especially someone that Correct we consider it. to be send the MVP. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, we love we'll Davon. We'll, we'll do the same thing. <laughs> um, all right, so. Davon and Jose, they're so astute. They're, they just like, they know, they get things. You know, they're they are not someone that can be easily played um, or played with. And even if it doesn't benefit them, I think they just don't want to have to be those people that are going to, you know, play somebody else's game. So instantly they sensed Shane's paranoia. They sensed his fear. They were like, we don't trust him. Obviously, they're very, you know, mm-hmm. that's a good call. Um, then you have Tori, Kara, and Zach, which continues off one of my favorite current alliances of the season, which is Tori and Zach. So I hope this flourishes into something more. I honestly wish that they were ah! paired up together. I would love to watch ah! them play together. That would wow. be so great. Man, we got Tori and Car together. This is like a party of all my favorites, all the people that I want to watch <laughs> strategizing. I, I just love it. And how how, fit, how fitting that Kara completely backstabs them in, in their vote, their agreed upon voting strategy. Well, we'll see who this, who they're voting, like where the fallout is. We'll see, you know, who loses out on this because I have a feeling that one person got all of these burn votes and that's who's going that's, in. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Everyone's like, we're just going to throw, I, oh my God, the word burn vote was said like seven times in a row in this episode. And burn. I, I agreed with TJ when he first announced it. I thought this was going to eliminate burn votes, but now everyone's like burn vote. Burn boat, well, burn no, boat. it's not going to eliminate burn votes because they're all but the fact that they're all playing the same strategy is really where it's going to fuck them up because they're all going for someone that isn't going to find out that they voted for them. That is, you know, not going to have the chance to that isn't going to get yep. picked. So they're not going to have a chance to get picked as well. You know, they're trying to go in that way. So they're going to pick the least obvious choice. I have a feeling that somebody surprising is going to the elimination. Yes, here's, here's what's going to happen. I, I We're thinking about this the same way. Next episode, when we get the elimination reveal and who got the most votes, it's going to be one team that like three or four different teams thought they were throwing a burn vote at. Mm-hmm. All those burn votes piled up and it's going to be that team. Someone's going to get screwed. I wonder if it'll be Sylvia and Joss. Because I was thinking that they would be the most ideal burn vote right now because I don't think that they're on almost anyone's radar. 
We'll see. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. If it's imagine if it's bananas and Tony, <laughs> that, would be that would be early, but amazing. I'd love to see. So that. I really appreciated actually getting, actually getting to see like voting strategizing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, when the they're show. in the rooms, like when they're in the voting rooms, just like actual voting. Yeah, this was episode six. This was only the second actual vote that we've had. True. In True. six episodes. So the, the, we have this part of the season has been severely lacking so far. And it's it's one of the parts that I appreciate the most that a lot of people appreciate the most. Like mm -hmm. they want to analyze voting strategy who like who's actually playing the game. How are they playing the game? So this actually gives us things to look into. And there was a lot. There was a lot that went on here. Uh, like we already talked about the burn votes. And then we had. So let's talk about Marie and Cara in the voting station. They had originally agreed upon this plan that people were going to be voting for Faith and Angela mm -hmm. because everyone was talking about taking out the castle before you get to bananas. You have to take out the people that are propping him up, which, you know, is an admirable strategy. But like literally two teams like just. Once they got in the voting room, we're like, nope, we're not sticking to that. But I don't know if they're really the ones propping them up. Like, can you really say that Angela and Faith are propping yeah. up Bananas and Tony? That seems weird to me. I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure in that house, when you've got nothing going on and all you can do is talk about the game, like <laughs> it's it's going to seem bigger than it really is on, on the so outside. True, so true. In that moment, they're like, we have to get rid of this team. These girls are connected, and they are connected. Like they're, they're both you. They're both politicking essentially with with two powerful players on powerful teams mm -hmm. so but it's just the fact that like people did not go with the plan so some people are going to look dumb because they were they, <laughs> they were they were trying to do something and they left themselves hanging this reminds me so much of um vendetta's season so the online vendetta season you guys know we play a lot of online challenges, and one of the seasons was called Secret Vendettas, hosted by Amy. Shout out! And she enjoy. did shout out. Yeah, enjoy. Enjoy forehead. It was like the most lit season ever. Ever probably better than the ones that we're watching right now. Um, yeah. And they had a rigged voting system for a lot of the eliminations, and it was essentially that the second place, the person with the second most votes, was going in. So as opposed to everybody rallying to get votes in order to, um, you know, in order to get somebody out they're rallying to get votes for themselves so that way they have the most votes and then the second most person will go in along those lines or at least people who were targeted so me and zach definitely rallied a lot because you know we knew that we were going to come close to either being second or whatever there was also the least the person with the least most votes goes in um and above that zero. yeah so above zero votes, if you had zero you were safe but if you if if you had one vote like that was that was dangerous exactly dangerous. And the, the biggest danger was that a lot of people were putting votes on themselves in order to, you know, maybe get two or something, but ended up just giving themselves one vote. And then you'd have a wheel spin for all the people who were, you know, with one vote. So mm -hmm. it was a really interesting voting system. And what it brought about that I think is sort of coming about right now and we're seeing in the actual challenge is this idea of one or two people not following through on the vote and then it therefore domino affecting another team um, that may actually be an ally of the team that didn't vote. So the way that I see this falling is the fact that a lot of these teams who didn't vote for Faith and Angela may have ended up voting for a team that they actually were um, in alliance with or friends with or didn't want even remotely to go into elimination. And because they fell through on the plan and they didn't follow through, then all of a sudden, you know, that's going to end up sending somebody else in. And that happened all of the time 
and secret vendettas. So when it comes to this kind of vote, you know, secret voting and things like that, you have to be on your game. You actually really all need to make a plan for it to work out the way you want it to work out. Otherwise, yeah. you're screwed. And, and the, the big difference here, as opposed to, to the game that we played, is that for whatever team is going in, as we've seen, like their votes are going to be revealed. If mm -hmm. you voted for the team that's going in, like it's going to be revealed. And holy shit, I would have loved to have seen that. Like, I, <laughs> I hope it's the burn voter. I hope it's the burn voter because then all of a sudden all the teams who tried to play this strategically to not be um, in the in the running for people that can be picked to go into the elimination are all of the teams that are now in the running that can be picked to go into the elimination. You know, it's like so and everybody else who followed through on the plan might be safe. Yes. Uh, Jessica, I see what you're saying. I haven't, I haven't actually read Marie's article from this week yet. I am going to check that out after the episode. Jessica saying that, that, you know, production might have edited that a little bit. The car was thinking about going with the plan more than it seemed. And, you know, that there was more to it when they ended up voting Kyle and Brad. But so that's, that is the big takeaway of the vote, though, as we saw it on the episode was that oh is she saying so is she saying that they actually voted for they actually voted for faith and angela and that production just ended off you know trying to make it seem like they didn't oh yeah yeah that, that does seem like what she's hinting at because that would that would make sense and then and then that would mean that production is just sort of getting us excited for what is going to inevitably be, be faith and angela going in so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to read uh marie's article and yeah. catch up because the the last two weeks I've I've read it and like she does spill some really good behind the scenes things. Yeah, they're great. And she's a great writer. I actually like yeah, reading her good. stuff. Um all right, so from you know the voting and the aftermath and when they're inside the room, who do you think is who do you think has the best strategy right now and who they're gonna vote for and how they're playing the game and the pace that they're going about, you know, politicking and, and you know, running around. I'm not sure who is is voting. I, I guess. So I'll start with with anyone who thought they were doing a burn vote is clearly behind the curve mm. because I think that like we've already said that could come back to bite them. So so I'm disqualifying all of those people. If anyone said let's do a burn vote, I think they're without realizing it, they're possibly screwing each other. Yeah, they're out. Uh, screw, screwing their team. I think Devon and Jose uh, were the ones that stood out because they. When they were in there, they were saying, you know, we told Faith and Angela that we wouldn't vote for them, but like we do need to consider voting for them because that that could mean the difference between us getting the most votes mm -hmm. or them getting the most votes. Because the, Faith and Angela, as far as Davon and Jose knew, it seemed like we're not going to vote for them. So if Davon and Jose do turn around and break that agreement and vote for them, like that, that's just a bigger advantage for them mm -hmm. to to not be the ones going in. Mm hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, it'll be interesting to see um, where all the chips fall and, and how, how everything sort of plays out. I, you know, like I said already before a few episodes ago, I'm I'm sort of waiting to see how things um, fall into place for Angela and Faith and whether or not their strategy of politicking um, is going to end up working in their favor. So we'll find out next episode. Um, I was pissed off that we didn't get to see the results. It just drives me crazy when we get these cliffhangers on things because if it ends up being a very boring result i'll be even more pissed off at production yeah it gets you pissed off to start the episode just just yeah. like this one did exactly yeah. with the whole brad and britney call it's like you tease us for three episodes and it's this shitty so imagine we get there and it's just faith and angela going in and it's like shut the fuck up like come on just show us that <laughs> like just show us that and be done yeah. with it um all right so then there was lots of aftermath stuff um there's there's like tons of just 
what happened after the vote. Um, and I think one of the most significant parts of the whole thing were the two fights that went down. Uh, and the first one was Kyle and Kara, and then the other one was Shane and, and Davon. So okay. it was like these little battles that happened. So let's start um, Kara and Kyle. Let's go with that one. So Kara is essentially telling Tori when they're in the bedroom, hey, I know I told you one thing, but I ended up not voting <laughs> for the person I told you I was going to vote for. Oh, thanks, Kara. You mean you straight up fucking lied to me? Big surprise. Anyways, Kyle's outside chilling by the pool with Brad. He overhears Kara whispering a little bit, so he knows some shady shit's going down. So he walks in, he confronts Kara about it. And he says, hey, Kara, why don't you come outside and let's have a little chit-chat? And then we get this big argument, which from what I'm gathering, you really appreciated what Kara had to say here. Yeah, but I also really found it so funny because the boys' argument was one of the stupidest arguments I've ever heard in all of challenge fucking history. Honestly, <laughs> it was the stupidest shit that ever came out of anyone's mouth. So you had Kara... First of all, Kara is saying that she's just not going to take this shit anymore, which I really appreciated. I was like, you cannot let yourself get played like this. Like, you can't. Like, pick them. Throw them in. They fucking threw a grenade at you. They sent, you know, they, they're literally doing everything they can. And then the fact that they're coming at Kara and Marie confused as to why they would vote them in. It's like, have you guys ever played the game? And then the cherry on top out of all of the stupidity was the you're affecting brad's kids chance of yes. living a better life oh i was God. like are you guys crazy how <laughs> is this how how is that even a point that's being brought up there were so many great quotes from this argument um first kyle <laughs> <laughs> kyle says and this is this is unironically by the way kyle is saying this in defense of brad but uh i he, he says he's got two little kids and he doesn't have a job <laughs> Yeah, and it just shows what kind of a deadbeat yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. That that's a shout out to all the people saying Brad's not a deadbeat dad. And he's like a stand-up guy. And and Kyle saying that you're taking 500 grand away from Brad's kids. It's like so every single person in the season is supposed to just fall over and let Brad get the win for the five. Like it's not like anyone's taking this away. The money is there as prize money. You have to fucking earn that prize money through a whole lot of muck and shit to get there. And you know, luck has something to do with it as well. And you might not fall through and you are not entitled to that 500k sorry brad like that was just the weirdest thing and then we had brad this is actually the first thing brad has said all season and i think since his return on vendetta's last season that i've agreed with is when he looked at Kara and he said you need to take some accountability for your actions Kara." so do you brad you little bitch brad Brad, you definitely need to do that too and (laughs) yeah i guess Kara does as well they both do i agree on both sides both of you need to take some serious accountability for your shit they really do the fact that brad i don't know it was just that it was almost it was like as if they all had so we were talking about how bananas last episode we were talking about how bananas has these blinders on when people do the same thing to him you know it's like oh my god i can't believe you did that well, it's the yep. same thing right now. It's like all of a sudden, you know, because they they like they fucked with them in the actual challenge. These two threw a burn vote on them. You <clears> know <throat> what I mean? It's like how can you fucking even remotely compare that and and be pissed off? It's like how are you seeing this from it's such a so one-sided funny. perspective? It's, it's so funny. It was just the weirdest thing. And the whole you're taking, you know, I don't know. I just I was I was like whatever. Um and Carr made a really good a really good comeback to Brad saying, you're messing with my opportunity to better my kid's life. And Carr goes, apparently it's not so funny when you get the grenade. And I was like, yes, apparently it isn't so funny. Like, just 
I don't know. So hopefully, maybe, you know, Carr doesn't... I just hope Carr doesn't give in to them and how they're trying to play this because it seems like they could they have the ability to get into Carr's head right you know a lot of people do and so i hope that they don't and i hope they don't confuse her and make her think the, that the this thing was with car is like i mean cl- okay clearly Kara has some issues i don't know what those issues are but it's getting really hard to keep some of the shit straight like i was trying to think about this last night just in terms of Kara and relationships and men so you've got Kara and abe and you've got what happened on Bloodlines, Wh- wherever you stand, whatever the real story is. Like Kara, as far as I can tell from what Abe has said, you know, was still saying, Abe, I, I still want to be with you. I hope you come on the show. And then she went on the show. She, you know, what- whatever happened on the show happened. She messed around with Thomas a little bit, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Then from there, you know, you, you, you've got Kara and, and Kyle. Kara and Kyle get together on vendettas and uh, and i'm sorry and on dirty 30 going back to dirty 30 i don't want to skip over this you this is this is what set people off about what car did this season is Kara's comments about tony and camilla tony and camilla kissed on dirty 30 oh yeah in the back of the bus thing you've got a girlfriend you're you're a dog and Mm -hmm. and and all this and then you've got the the social politics that come into play with so then Kara gets with kyle and then this season, you've got the Cara Pauly mess. Pauly has a girlfriend. Cara is essentially telling him, leave your girlfriend or cheat on your girlfriend with me. And as I'm not sure what point I'm trying to draw out of this because there's so much going on that I'm so confused about I think where Cara confusing. Stands. I think I think yeah. the idea the idea here is just that Cara, there's so much that's happened in Cara's life and it's hard to track where exactly her biggest issues are. And I think, you know, one thing that we've seen is the fact that she is someone who um, has been taken advantage of by guys significantly, I think, but also in a way, let let it happen. And I don't think that she's really had that voice um, to stop it before, which was one of the main reasons why I actually liked Cara this episode, because for once she was just like, like, no, like, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm just going to get even. And I liked that because I like that. I like that mindset. I like that mindset of take no prisoners, take no shit and don't cry in front of, you know, the, don't let somebody visibly upset you because then they win. So I think that Kara making this move, we see her sort of regaining a bit of her strength. I mean, I really don't know. You know, the fact that she's with Polly now and stuff is like really interesting and it sh- shows how a lot of this plays out. Uh, and we get we get like that glimpse. Yeah, Jessica, to answer your question, uh, just to comment on that real quick, I I, I used to love Cara. Used to love her. Not a big fan anymore. Yeah, that's it, where we're at. It's interesting because I actually was the exact opposite. I never liked Cara. I mm-hmm. only started liking Cara when she was with Cook. I loved when they were competing mm-hmm. together. I thought that that was one of my favorite um, showings of Cara. But that's because I liked Cook so much, and I loved how Cook put Cara in her place all the time. It was yeah, like, I think that was a up. really good. Se- that was a really good season for Kara for sure. Yeah. Um so that was that was entertaining. Like like the way I, honestly I I didn't realize how entertained I was by that fight until we just broke it down here because like just <laughs> realizing all the shit like now that I'm focusing in on it like yeah that shit was entertaining. It's just so stupid. It was like the you know, we've got uh, to to put it in, in professional wrestling terms that 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 was that was like the setup that that was the undercard, you know, it was like the Intercontinental Championship match. <laughs> and then we moved on to the main event. We moved on to the main event of the evening. We had Davon and Shane. Davon did not go with Shane's plan that he tried to orchestrate. Nope. So this was great. My man Shane let her have it. I'm not advocating for anything for me personally, 
you know, this does not reflect on my own stances, but when Shane <laughs> called Devon a bitch, I fucking laughed. It was really funny because listen, it's Shane. It's so fun. It's so funny to me. He's like, you bitch. And then she's like, you, you did not just call me a bitch. And then they're, they're going at it. It was so good. It was funny because we got to see Davon's fighting side come out really strong. She's been playing at a really strategic game so far. Slightly. You could tell that she has the strength and the spirit in her, but she was holding it in. And I think this one just sort of unleashed it. To me, I find it really funny when name calling really gets to people because you could call me like a thousand different things. And yeah. like, I don't. Like, it would not penetrate me in that same way. Um, so I thought that, that was really funny. Like, he's calling you a bitch and? Like, you know and, what and I mean? Everyone's like, no, don't don't, don't call her a bitch. And, and she just goes right back at him. And oh, my God. For the second time, for the second time in this episode, I visibly reacted. I was sitting there watching it by myself. I visibly <laughs> reacted. When Davon called Shane Geppetto. Oh, yeah. She's like, you think you're Geppetto? And I'm Pinocchio. But no, no. <laughs> That was so funny. I was fucking dead. I was so dead. I had to and Google how to spell Geppetto. Donnie's in the background doing the little puppet strings. It was so and funny. And Tony's drinking a glass of tea. Like that that was pretty great. I love that moment. They just Geppetto. I haven't searched. I'm sure the memes for this are out of control. And if they're not they oh, are okay actually so, so there are shane geppetto so, memes out there so right now? irving irving on twitter we shared it on our twitter you guys should go check it out irving made a um uh made like a photoshop thing of, of them all like as the oh that's so good as pinocchio the puppet that. master is so funny by the way i found out on the island when we were playing together that it's actually pronounced irving shut up yeah, dead serious and he said that nobody pronounces his name right so he just gave up so he's just irving now Oh my god, that's crazy. Wait, that's, that's how my name is Shawnee, because nobody could pronounce my name right, so I gave up, and now it's Shawnee. What, what what should your name be? Shani? Kind of, yeah, but, like, less gross. Okay. Like... Uh, my, my, my northeastern dialect didn't do it justice to your... Well, no, because Shani, so, like, Shani, that's how the Americans would pronounce the Israeli pronunciation of, of Shani, which is, like... Okay. It's just, like, slightly different if you say it in Hebrew accent. And then yeah, in it's French... it's got to have, like, a little more exotic tone to it. I'm, it, I'm too... In French, it sounds really nice, which is Shani. But it's, like, with an A. It's not Shani, but oh, I... I like that. Yeah, but I Shani. really hated... I hated the variants that people would give me, which was, um... Oh, my God, Shani. That's, like, my least favorite name. I fucking hate Shani. Anybody named Shani, I'm sorry. Or maybe you like it. I don't know. But I'm still sorry. So I hated that name so much that I just stopped trying to tell people how to say my name, and I just said Shani. Okay. It was easy. Uh, Irving. Uh, All right, so Irving. <laughs> we're, we're learning a lot today. Davon, Irving, yeah, Shani. Hopefully we'll figure out Jose at some point. I have a feeling it's... Like, I, I think it's Jose. Is it? But where... I is it not Jose. a Hispanic name? Like, the J should be a huh. I just go up by how Shane said it at, you know, during Champs vs. Stars. Jose! <laughs> it was really funny. Um, okay, so this fight in particular to me... Um, was enjoyable because of the clapping. I have a real oh, thing man. for clapping and Day fights. Face. <laughs> I have this whole personal joke about clapping. Like if me and my friends are talking, I'll be like, "What up now?" <laughs> it's just like I love I clapping and fights. Uh, so this was my favorite argument that I've seen on the show in a couple years, and it was it was relatively short. Um, for me. 
in terms of challenge fights now I, this isn't really on the same level because it didn't get physical this one but like the best challenge fight in the last four or five years maybe more is tony versus shane on bloodlines tony's brother shane tony yeah. versus shane fighting on bloodlines is one of the greatest fights in the history of the show when Shane, <laughs> that guy's crazy <laughs> when tony gets in his brother's face this is og tony and tony goes do you want me to walk a straight line while I'm looking you in the face? Because like I've had this argument with my own brother before where you're like, you're trying to tell one person that they're drunk and they're like, I'm not fucking drunk and I'll prove it to you. Yeah. But they were both having that argument with each other. And then, and then Shane, and then Tony's like, walk a straight line, Shane. And Shane goes, I'll walk a straight line. I'll Vogue on that shit. And he starts doing this. That was like, I that, need to rewatch that. I was trying. Yes, everybody needs to rewatch. If you don't remember that fight, you need to rewatch it. That was episode one of Bloodlines. Um, on so, <laughs> so <laughs> any fight I see since then, that's the standard I compare it to. And I got to say, Davon versus Shane was not quite at that level, um, but it was close. But it I, had... I give it like a four out of five on that scale. I don't know if everybody caught this, but I thought it was really funny. All the fights throughout the whole episode, you had Tony and Bananas behind doing something really fucking ridiculous. So either like behind the bushes eating popcorn or sipping tea behind glasses or like making Mm -hmm. funny faces and stuff. Um, And they were always there, just like right there. They were never in the fights. They were just right there behind all of the fights. It was as if they were like, you know, keeping an ear out for when the fights happen and then running to them. (laughs) Uh, I I agree. Jennifer's Brianna was a good fight on Bloodlines. Uh, Unfortunately, my oh, thing I is love like, that. I, that. I think that fight was was so good that it took headlines away from Tony versus Shane. People forget Tony versus Shane, but everybody remembers Jenna versus Brianna. They both happened like you work like, at a bakery because your dad. Like that shit was so <laughs> that's, funny. That's a really good one. <laughs> you think you're better than everyone because you have a job. I just love um, that. So I guess the last the last point that needs to be made here, and and people have referenced it in the comment section, is Johnny chastising Shane for calling a girl a bitch. Where do we stand on this? Because it has been pretty well established that Johnny is an incredibly disrespectful person. Uh, and I mean, Johnny's called plenty of people dummies or bitches, but he, which doesn't, call, is fine. But he doesn't call himself a big feminist. Yeah. Th- there's a yeah. big difference. So, so, so that is OK. So he's so he's saying that, that Shane considers himself a feminist. Is, is, is that what's, is that yeah, what's so, going on here? So I think the issue is not that Johnny cares that someone called someone a bitch. Obviously, Bananas couldn't give a shit. I think it's the fact that Bananas just pointing out the hypocrisy in that Shane claims to be this super progressive feminist human being. And it's like, how can you possibly have that and then also degrade a female with like a term that is really negative? My issue here is the fact that if you're going to make a stand in one of these like arenas, like I personally wouldn't, I'm like for people. That's like my stance, right? I'm not mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to like take a side one way or the other. I think the whole thing is a little bit stupid in my opinion. Like I have seen countries all over the world that need a lot more help when it comes to um, female issues than America does. And I think we're focusing on the wrong things. Um, but you know, I'm not going to go ahead and label myself as something and then do exactly what that label says I shouldn't do. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think Shane was calling her a bitch, like calling her a bitch. I think Shane was just like seeing that it upset her. Yeah, so then he, calling he was, her he a bitch was, more. Sparring <laughs> with her. It was, so I'm, it I'm was, like, it was a gameplay. I, I see where you guys are coming from. Like Johnny doesn't claim to be a feminist. So, he, you know, that's that's not the point he's trying to make is don't call someone a bitch. He's saying don't, you know, don't claim to be a feminist if you're going to do that. However, yeah. here's the distinction I want to make. 
like the Shane I know, my guy Shady Shane. I don't think like yes, he claims to be super progressive. You know, he's he's a gay man. He he stumps for you know he 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 is very outspoken about, about gay rights, which which is great, which is a great cause to fight for. But I think that's Johnny like confusing the two is like okay, so Shane's for gay rights. That means he's for feminism almost. Like I don't I don't, I don't no, feel but like he Shane... is. He's he's like been quite active like as a, uh, with feminist issues. Although we, uh, uh, someone fact checked me on that. I don't know if that's so accurate. We're gonna like listen. I have no issue with Shane. Um, like standing for what he stands for, and at the same time calling, you know, calling Dave on a bitch when they're going at each other. Like it, he's treating her equal, you know. Like, like they, he's, he's, he's acknowledging that like she is on equal standing with him, and, and if she and you know he's going to clap her because he knows that, that that she can clap him back, and they're and they're going to spar with each other. And I respect that. Like there is a mutual respect yeah. there. I I don't feel like a line was crossed, and 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 I feel like I feel like she thinks it. it, it you know, she probably feels like it, it was it was pretty equal too because she gave it right back to him and was like all right well if you're gonna call me a bitch i'm gonna fucking come for your throat yeah Which that's i'm true. totally fine with that's I'm true to- that's I'm true to- i'm totally fine with it and the la- the lingering shot like I-, I was i was so overjoyed as this episode was playing out of shane's smile it's like focused <laughs> oh, on that shane's face huge smile and he's smiling and he's just egging her on and I respect that because I'm a habitual line crosser with people and I will egg them <laughs> on exactly like that. Not with that smile because Shane's got a much prettier smile than I do. But when he's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's focused in on him and she's getting all heated and he's kind of calming down. He's speaking in that low tone. Oh, it was so good. Well, the, I don't know. I think I think it's sort of technicality. I never know what people are going to be upset with. You know, what words are like the word of the moment that we really can't say. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm all for all words. Like, I, you know, but if some, if I find out that something's like really offensive to people, it's not like I'm going to go around saying it more. Yeah. Like, it just sort of cut it from my vocabulary, but it doesn't mean that I'm equally as offended by it as other people. I like, think it's, I think. I think it's about policing yourself and like understanding who you're communicating with and, and like what the situation is, like being aware of the situation, being aware of the capabilities of, mm-hmm. of each person involved. It's, it's, it's really just about like, like, don't be, don't be ignorant, like, like be self-aware. Yeah. You know, and just be open to learning if you are someone yeah. who doesn't necessarily know. I mean, like personally for me, I'm I, one of my favorite words is cunt. Like I'm a fucking obsessed with the word. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I think it's just flows off the tongue. It's like cunty, cunt, yeah. cunt. You know, I just I really, really like it. Yeah. But, you know, there's so many people, especially in America, that think it's like, oh, my God, like yeah. he said, the, you know, you said the C word like that's like you know that's like calling you know that's like killing someone and all of their kids like it's like that's how people feel about some of these words to me you know it's all words so i wasn't offended that he called her a bitch but i think johnny was trying to point out some hypocrisy also to try and gain points obviously johnny wants to gain points all the time that's a that's a classic johnny move because like it it really is a really is a backhanded compliment he he, he's essentially (laughs) he's he's essentially like you know ripping feminism as it is so yeah, John, John, that, that's that's Johnny's that's Johnny's back. You know, yeah, I mean, he did wants. throw a bucket of pee on Sarah. Yes, so that came out in the same week that that you know he was. He, uh, all right, so on the it's it it is a haven for trashiness, and we yeah, but that's it. that's fucking yeah, but that's not trashy. That's gross. Oh, like oh, a bucket I'm not of pee. About the piss bucket. Yeah. Oh, I am not about, about the bitch the and stuff. Bucket. Yeah, yeah. But like yeah. Like, well, I hope the language goes worse. I hope the language goes worse. Verbal verbal sparring. I want I want them to be like like hardcore like I want them to just like like go at it like come on nonstop and um in terms of the as seen on next week so my my link actually cut off at mm-hmm. uh, right before that happened so I didn't get to see what was happening next week but then I saw pictures so mercenaries are on next week yes so 
what do we feel about that? Well, I mean, I guess we can just start. I guess we can just pencil in mercenaries for every season now. I guess this is just <laughs> this is just a, a given. This is no longer like some kind of surprise. Like, all right, we're gonna have mercenaries. Um, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's the it, same it, thing it with redemption like, and purges, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just kind of the norm now. So I guess what wh- who was it that was coming out? Was it was that Ashley that that they were showing? It was yeah. On the picture, it was Ashley and um Hunter. Okay, so we're gonna get Hunter and Ashley in there as mercenaries. Um, we'll see how that goes. I mean, if 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 this is a concept they're gonna keep rolling with, like if you're gonna have these surprise appearances, you know, I would I would make it a bigger name. Mm. You know, we we see Hunter and Ashley. We mm-hmm. see them on our TVs almost just about every season. Like, if you really want to shock us, do what like Cuthbert was shocking because we hadn't seen CT mm-hmm. in a couple seasons in so long. Yeah, like, CT had been blacklisted for a little bit when they brought him back. Tina, we hadn't seen her since she punched Beth. Well, Phantom punched Beth Punch. on the duel. <laughs> um, like that was shocking. Mm-hmm. This is all right. Cool, it's Hunter yeah. and Ashley. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, if if Ashley's gonna if Ashley's gonna get in Davon's face and fight with her. Maybe this will lead to whatever happened with them on Twitter. I'd I'd, I'd be cool with that. Ooh, I would maybe love to make, find out yeah, what maybe happens. Maybe they'll there. have some bad blood next week. We'll yeah, see. that'll be cool. It's true. They, you know, they they are bringing out people that are a little bit more recent. I would love to see someone like Emily come on. Maybe like Evelyn. Maybe Gen G. You know, these people right. who are still like in killer shape but haven't been on the show in a while. And um, speaking of Gen G, uh, if if you guys have not seen it, we've got a Gen G versus Cara Maria fantasy matchup on our Instagram, and we put it up on Facebook as well. So go show some love to that. Yes, we do. I think that. That was a really good one because people got really involved with that. A lot of people didn't realize that Jen was in such good shape and that she really, you know, has become such a fitness buff since leaving the show. Um, so we clued a lot of people into that. Uh, tomorrow's matchup um, is going to be pretty exciting. I'll give you guys a sneak peek if you're watching right now. It's Fetlana versus Kayla. So yeah. this is like one of my favorites that I think we is going up. We some stands coming out for that one, and that is always the goal. Those are the people that we want participating. Well, to be honest, if we don't add, you know, someone who has stands that's current then it ends up just being a blowout of the OGs, you know, winning. And that's not yeah. really what we want. We want, you know, we yeah, want proper discussion. Course. We want to hear, like, people really get into it. So that'll be very exciting. Um, also on the docket coming up soon um, will be uh, Are You The One? So hopefully we'll touch on those episodes, you know, for watching. We'll give you some little tidbits and what we're thinking and stuff. Maybe add it to our precap. Yeah, I'm going to sign off here and I'm going to go watch Are You The One? Uh, once again, guys, like we appreciate everybody tuning in. We appreciate everyone listening. Subscribe to us uh, on on iTunes. Throw us a five star review. Like like help the podcast out. We we want to get some ears on it. We want this to be you know we're just just out there with all the other challenge media right now because it's it's a good time for it. So we want to be a part of that. And and uh, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Check out our website. It looks awesome. Johnny put in some serious work on that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, 100%. We've definitely gotten lots of messages from people as of late. You know, when our audio was delayed, I was getting lots of messages which I loved. I love when people reach out. I think that's really awesome. So feel free. Um, and we will see you guys next week. And Hannah's hit list too. Check that out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>